0: Welcome to Upright Citizens.
1: What's up Ruben Rogers? How you doing? I'm doing alright. About <laughs> the boo. Oh. oh. It's always interesting that we play, say both our names, but yeah. I know, first and last <laughs> names. First and last <laughs> names. How deep is that? <laughs> We want to make sure that people know who we are, man. You know, you stay relevant in, in in this pandemic. Anyway,
0: always up. good to see you, Ruben. So we're oh, wow. if everybody listening, we've been doing all these episodes on Zoom. So I am, you know, hanging out in Ruben's bedroom right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. From, from, from my place in St. Louis. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for putting that up. Thanks oh yeah, turning that up. <clears throat> we're trying to keep it, trying to keep it racy here, racy here, <laughs> here <on laughs> upright citizens, very relevant. Hello. So. What are we here to talk about today? We've got we've got some bassist standards. Mm. What does what, what does that mean? What are we talking about?
1: Ah, well, I mean, you, you are a lot more articulate when it comes to these kind of things. But the best, <laughs> the basic way I I hear it or see it or know it, uh, you know, the the, the standards that bassists you know should know first of all, mm-hmm. from like a bass centric, as I always say, bass centric standpoint. The bass lines that make up these songs are something that we all should know um, and and have under our fingers for the most part. Uh, yes. And I mean, the, the, another note I want to bring is that <clears throat> a lot of these podcasts that we do are, are inclusive. We want to try and include uh, the bassists or musicians who, who are beginning to okay. the, the musician who's well-seasoned. And know a lot of music. Uh, for the most part, uh, I've noticed for myself as I've been able to develop my ears and my playing. Uh, when I revisit a lot of songs that I used to check out when I first started playing, I, mm-hmm. I listen with a whole nother approach. So just, just, just fresh ears. Mm-hmm. So I think it's always great to just you know kind of reach back. Um and and listen to music that you you know you haven't heard in a long time and, and see what you get out of it. I mean, you'd be very surprised what you can get out of it. And I just just the songs we're about to to present to to our upright citizen public. Yes. Uh, I mean, just reaching back and listen to some of the songs that we pulled out. Um, yeah, so know, have some
0: up- fresh ears on some of the stuff that maybe you've heard a bunch. You can yes. all hear it different. Yeah. Yes.
1: So, um, you know, take you know, take this time and 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 come on this journey with us for sure. Yes, indeed. So, <laughs> I part think of I answered your question, did I? <laughs> <laughs>
0: absolutely.
1: absolutely. <laughs> no, you
0: hit on something too because I think it's really important. You know, in the jazz world, there's not always this necessary, like you know, uh, if you think about like a pop song or something like that, there's bass lines that mm-hmm. are part of the song. Do you know for what sure. I mean? And it's like mm-hmm. that's. That's how that works. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But coming from the jazz world, sometimes it's tricky for a jazz bass player is to do that—to not mm-hmm. like get away from the ba- to not just play the bass line itself yeah, as right. as part of the composition, and they'll always yeah. want to mess with it, change it around.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, especially as you, you develop, you know, it's, it's hard, sure. You know, it's a very improvisational kind of music, you know. So yeah, and there's
0: not a thing wrong with it. I just think it's interesting no. that you know, like yes. that's a thing. And then that's also a thing in the jazz world. So there are bass lines and we're gonna go through, not just necessarily every track that we're gonna talk about in these sessions have to do with bass lines that are integral to the, to the composition, but a lot of them are. And we're trying to like really just find some interesting, the definitive versions, which you alluded to is like, maybe you've heard these before. So if you're new to bass, you should check this out for sure. But if you've also been listening and playing a long time, listen again and we're also gonna we're also gonna uh, bring in some some different cuts that maybe you haven't heard before oh, you try to keep it, it fresh yeah, so baby. if you don't mind ruben i'm gonna start off if that's cool can i go please first do. please Thank do you. sir please Thank you, maestro yeah, i am mission. going to begin <laughs> with one of the most iconic bass lines uh compositions so what okay uh, everybody yeah. knows so what from kind of blue from miles davis's yeah. kind of blue and that is a little bit too ubiquitous so i'm not gonna play kind of blues so so what version today Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm not we're gonna we're gonna bypass that but if you've not heard it please listen to it go i'm ahead, going dude. to instead go right mm-hmm. to 1964 to uh the one of the most incredible albums out there uh mm-hmm. this is miles davis's four and more concert hello the the second quintet Mm -hmm. of course and so this is Mm -hmm. obviously the great ron carter playing bass the original uh was recorded uh with paul chambers obviously Mm -hmm. playing the melody and we're Mm -hmm. gonna hear that here but it's 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 just so different it's evolved in such Mm -hmm. an interesting way even though this is only like what five years after the original recording yeah a sea change of just like man so i'm gonna stop talking Let's listen to a little <laughs> bit of So What. This is Live at the Philharmonic. Miles Davis, Four and More, Ron Carter, 1964. Here it goes. Louder. Okay. okay, it's like sinful to turn that down. I know, right? How dare
1: you? Please don't.
0: <laughs> Please, don't. Please don't strike me down. I'm so sorry about that. that is uh that just gets me deeply uh every time. Uh Ruben, have you ever heard that recording? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you know that one? Oh, definitely Isn't one of that... the most iconic, you know, it's like iconic, you know, timeless. Oh. Recordings of all time. I mean, definitely jazz. I don't. know I can say you know whatever. You know you can cross the board. Yeah, across the spectrum. You, you you need to have that in your jazz collection. That four and mm-hmm. more. That you know, My Funny Valentine. I think right. It's, it's, it's right, a right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know it's uh, you know just in case y'all don't know that's Ron Carter on bass. You know, Tony Williams on, on drums. Yeah. Uh, Herbie Hancock <clears throat> on piano. Uh. Is, is it George Coleman? George Coleman, right? It's George Coleman on, yeah, on, yeah. on, on yep. tenor? And and uh, and of course, the great Miles Davis. This is going to be this band, or you know, a, you know, a configuration of these these people are always going to be coming up, probably in our podcast, because yeah, yep. they just the staples of jazz. These kind of recordings, these musicians, you know, you need to know them. You need to study the music uh, to you know to just develop your ears.
0: So, Definitely, and it's such right a there. fun journey. I mean, you listen to something like that, and it's just. There's nothing like it, you know, there's nothing like that. And it's recorded so well. What uh, what what we what we want to focus on a little bit, too, is to make sure we're talking about the melody that we hear Ron playing at the beginning. That's kind of just to keep a, you know, like a a little perspective in in what this episode's about. So we heard Ron play that beginning melody and then jump right right into walking like (laughs) like the ultimate beast that he is. Uh, And it just sounds so good, so clean. But uh, yeah, so that is a staple. That is a basis standard. If there ever was one, if you're a base oh no. player, you need to know. So what? Please. Okay. If I may, I'm going to move on to another recording. This is 10 years later, 1974. And for everybody listening, too, we're going to have this Spotify playlist or whatever playlist available for you. You can go and listen to all these cuts that we're going to play today and also see a list of all the music that we're that we're presenting today. So you can listen to it in its entirety. That being said, I'm going to move on to Ron Carter's own album from 1974. So this is 10 years later than what we just heard. This is the album called Spanish Blue which is a really, really cool album. Hubert Laws is on flute, Roland Hanna on piano, Billy Cobham is on drums, and of course, Ron Carter is on the bass. And this is his own album. Now, we got to check out this melody. It's a little bit different. He messes with the meter and he moves it into five. So we got to check out how he phrases this. And there's actually another really cool recording where they play it in nine. That Miles in India album. Have you ever, really? Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to hang and listen to that later. It's it's really <laughs> really good. Okay. But wow. uh this one this one is in 5 and uh it you know it feels super comfortable. Let's let it roll. So the melody's in 5 then they go into solos in 4, but here is yet another way you can do the great so what. Let's let it rip. So, so swinging right there. I, oh I just God. wanted to confer confer with uh, the master here though. I,
1: that's in five, isn't it? I'm I mean, hearing you know it there. What? I would need to hear that like like five more times to, to figure that out. Let <laughs> me
0: let me play the beginning and I'll count where I <laughs> think oh the beat is. Everybody Go just ahead. comment, and tell me I'm wrong. Tell me what it is. <laughs> wow. So here's where I'm hearing it. Two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. One, two. Uh. Is that, is that right? two three four five one two three four Ah,
1: maybe there's a different way to count that it sounds i'm I'm, sure there is i'm sure there is but that's that's good that's that's i mean at first i thought maybe he was just kind of laying it where he wants and they just kind of um answered with it but but it, it sounds too too much in time everyone seems to be too tight to thinking to for it to sound like he's just playing it and they're just doing it so yeah, you yeah. might be right. I don't know. I would. I definitely have to listen to that. But it's slick. I. I've I been mean, like, it's funny. I even like the the sound of the bass. <laughs> it sounds it's great. Really, yeah. It's like it's like the the, the that Barcusberry thing, and 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 yes. very prevalent and and was new for that time right like early yeah. 70s 74. uh you know that barcus berry sound that he you know he started to use was was brand new I mean, relatively new probably a few years i don't know i have to do my his my my um research on that but yeah and
0: and i think this is a cti um, recording too which they they um, were very embracing um, that kind of sound too yes. you know, and Ron did yes. so much work with you know yeah with them on this
1: yeah stuff. yeah and i mean you know it's funny for me to say this now i'm See my heirs have has have graduated. Because you we talked about this about 15 years ago. I'd be like, man, oh man, you know, because I was so stuck in hearing hearing round sound that was on you know four and more. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, no, mm-hmm. I want that sound, I want that sound. But now right. I'm like, you know what, I'm embracing this sound too. It's all hey. good, you know.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I won't lie, same, mm-hmm. same here. You know, I yeah. just a lot of it mm-hmm. just off the sound initially. And that's how powerful your sound is, too, by the way. That just speaks, you know, kind of a testament to that. You yeah. know, that's mm-hmm. a big thing. That's a big thing. <laughs> but it's uh it' yeah it's it's different now hearing it you know yes so, definitely yeah, definitely really,
1: you know you maybe you're just maybe you're embracing it in a different way too right as your yeah. as your heirs have you've have you, um, you know grown as a as a musician as a as a man woman yes, whatever yes. you know anyway, what yes what else you got what else you got one, on, you got got
0: one got? more beautiful cut of so I what that would play and it's 11 minutes it's 12 minutes and 51 seconds long so just hold on to your seat yeah. uh, <laughs> play the whole thing <laughs> i'm not gonna play the whole thing promise but i will you definitely have to check out the beginning of it because it uh-huh. has such a beautiful vibe okay so let me just set it up this is from herbie hancock's michael breckers and roy hargrove's direction in music directions in music excuse me live at massey hall in 2001 mm. oh yeah uh, just an amazing album uh with some a really uh they pay a lot of tribute to, to john coltrane and uh and other, other music is in there as well obviously but uh brian blade is on drums Mm -hmm. and the ever amazing john patatucci is on bass and he's got a just an amazing uh uh, introduction to this where Mm -hmm. he's kind of quoting some other coltrane things in there and then goes into a really interesting vibe on so what so i don't need to keep speaking about it let's listen to some of this this is so what and this is 2001 john patatucci here we go yeah hmm. Again, wow. sin, Sinful to Stop. That is such a deep, uh, deep recording. I, I'm under- I need to say, too, obviously, the melody on top that the horns are playing is Impressions. Mm-hmm. There you Impression. go. Impressions. So they're, they're superimposing Impressions <clears throat> over the So What melody that that John's playing in
1: the bass yeah, Im- yeah, Impressions is a, is a John Coltrane um, uh, composition mm-hmm. for all those who don't know this. And obviously, they're on the same uh, progressions as So What. Um, and I'm going to go on a record right here. I... I I vaguely remember hearing this record, but I'm gonna <laughs> say that's one of the best live bass sounds mm. recorded. Yeah. That I can remember at least right now. Like how the you can hear every note. Yes. It's not in your face. It's extremely acoustic. Yes. I mean, of course, you know, John is pulling, you know, incredible sound out of the but just the, the quality of, of it. Wow. Thanks. Thanks for bringing that to to uh you know to the forefront for me I, I needed that i'm definitely going to listen to that recording today.
0: it's beautiful yeah the whole
1: thing
0: just, <laughs> oh, it's magic yes
1: uh well let's move on then uh you know as i said before y- you'll see that you know <laughs> miles davis and his com- compatriots his his compadre mm-hmm. <laughs> always will be coming up in our uh, podcasts and and a lot of other you know situations in your musical journey because it's, these are just staples uh this music that these great musicians made and um i'm gonna you know turn back that clock to um to 1963 with miles davis and his uh quintet hmm. uh actually the, the one of the first recordings that they did as a group uh, that is them as in Uh, Miles Davis, George Coleman on tenor saxophone, the Mm -hmm. great Ron Carter uh, on bass, obviously Tony Williams and Herbie. Um, Now, the song that I'm getting, you know, alluding to that, you know, that's going to be part of our whole bassist standards uh, uh, compilation, whatever, uh, (laughs) (laughs) is Seven Steps to Heaven. This is uh, one of those tunes i i wouldn't necessarily it's like a tune that that's called on a jam session all the time it, it definitely would have to have certain musicians on the at a certain level or a certain experience that might know this song mm-hmm. uh but it's definitely it became one of those has become like a, a i don't know one of those timeless tunes in in the jazz you know repertoire you know sure, kind of sure. like uh you hear i mean this is for me at least and you can mm-hmm. correct me if i'm wrong like you hear bob Marley, you know waiting in vain that's like a staple song that people know you know uh eleanor rigby with beatles or whatever yeah for me for me seven steps to heaven you know, goes kind of like in that range of, you know, so what, even all those, all the, all those other songs, you know, mm. but you know, it's iconic baseline up front. Yes. You know, usually, you know, if there's a baseline that people know tough singing, you know, Oh, they like, Oh, that's seven steps. Seven. Oh, exactly. when so somebody
0: up. starts playing the baseline to seven steps. Exactly. seven, you know, immediately what it is. Yeah.
1: You know, immediately what it is. And this yeah. is part of, you know, this whole podcast to so just make sure we, we get on, um, uh, we know what that's all about. Um, uh, as I said, this is um, this is actually the seven steps of heaven. Depends on where you uh, look, because I heard this before. I thought it was a Victor Feldman uh, composition. I thought it was too. It's not, and I think I think it is. But if you put it in, in like Google or whatever, you'll see it as a Miles Davis composition, uh, uh, mm-hmm. okay. or you might see it as a Victor Feldman and Miles Davis co- composition. Right. You know. You know, we, we could get into that's this this whole other episode. Yeah, that that's a whole before, other episode <laughs> to that. Because, uh, you know, Miles' persona, his thing, you know, it, it, it transcended just music. I mean, he had a tendency to maybe, you know, we could call him out, you know, to maybe take, you know, credit for things that might not have been, you know, but we don't know the full story behind it. So yeah. let's say Victor Feldman tune, right? <laughs> I like it. But it became... Uh, iconic Miles Davis, you know, signature song that he would play a lot, right? Obviously. And he recorded on this 1963 um, recording, uh, with, you know, subtitles, seven steps to heaven. All right. Uh, just a quick, you know, thing about this, this uh, song, uh, Ron Carter plays incredible, you know, bass baseline on here, the longest notes in the business, hmm. even at, even at a fast tempo, Mm -hmm. all the sustain that he gets out of it is 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 incredible um so check that out um uh tony williams plays one of the most iconic drum solos of all time yes just one chorus boom and he goes he keeps moving on and herbie you know jesus it's not let me me just stop talking and, and play some music here we are seven steps to heaven you know what uh no disrespect to george but i, I gotta at least play uh, Herbie's solo Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, just give oh, just the, the, the development in the yeah. solo uh just, let's just just take a little and 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 also the, the, they, they put. I mean, they play so on top and so beautiful. It feels so yeah. good. You can just feel like the energy behind Herbie Solo 2 is kind of propelling him in this kind of way of, of playing. Check it out. Oh, Masterpiece. Gosh. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I beautiful. Love I love yeah. it. I mean, that every time, I, I, it hasn't been one time I played that and not, like, pulled my ear closer to the speaker if I could kind of just hear what's what's coming up. It's like, I, I feel like I hear something new almost every time. I mean, or yeah. I, I could I could sing a lot of those solos, but it's like. Oh.
0: Y'all, so y'all couldn't see it because this is obviously a podcast and you're just listening <laughs> to Rubens over here like, uh, articulating every bit of Tony Williams drum solo across <laughs> yes. Zoom and it's such a sight <laughs> I, I every bit of it oh man it's just oh, it's man. so good Just like perfectly mm. constructed man and you know I was just when you played back Herbie's solo I was like kind of for whatever reason focusing in on, on Tony's hi-hat uh-huh. And I was like, "Man, talk about blowing my mind!" There was like a lot going inside of just uh-huh. what he's saying on his hi hat. You know, I yes. usually focus in on the ride and what's yeah, happening you know. between a kick and a snare, uh-huh. but but he he's just doing some amazing stuff that I really had not paid that much attention to
1: before. Just now, there we go. See, yeah. now I'm gonna go back Thank and check you. it out. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. beautiful. Um, well, let's move on to another uh, rendition of this song. Yeah, and you know, there's a secret I'm gonna give you, Uh-oh. Bob okay Can't tell nobody though
0: I'm Can't here I'm anybody. here for this I wanna I want to know oh
1: gosh I'm a fan of organ trio <gasps> no Reuben ah <laughs> I know sacrilegious on a base podcast
0: I just but... I just had a sax player the other day ask me that if I'd ever checked out Larry young's unity and I was like are you kidding incredible <laughs> You can, I know I'm, there's no bass on it, but
1: yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you know, I'm appreciate. I mean, I appreciate all music, all yeah. instruments, and everything. Mm-hmm. But I have an affinity for for organ trio. Um, mm-hmm. maybe because it's also a very bass centric the, the 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 tone of of the instrument. Uh, right. But when it comes to like drums, organ, and good organ, drums and guitar, or even saxophone, I really my ears like kind of light up. You know, yeah. uh, and so this next. This next uh, song or uh, recording of Seven Steps to Heaven this comes from uh, Trio Beyond. It's it's a trio called, uh, sorry, Trio Beyond, but it's made up of Larry Golding's on organ, the great John Schofield on uh, guitar, and Jack Dijonet, the mm. legendary Jack Dijonet on drums. And uh, this, uh, this is this uh, is a um recording from 2000 uh, I wrote it down here 2006 actually they recorded live in London in 2004 mm-hmm. in 2004 and the name of the recording is is uh, saudade saudade uh, sorry it's, it's it's a Portuguese word please, right? please you know Portuguese please forgive me <laughs> um but it's it's called it's it's the meaning is is longing a longing melancholy melancholy or nostalgic feeling that's that's kind of what Mm. that word means okay um i think the tunes on the record kind of goes pulls back from their you know past you know experiences or songs that they love or whatever i'm figuring right but anyway this is a fabulous rendition of seven steps to heaven so it's a little different arrangement but uh beautiful nonetheless oops sorry
0: yeah this will be my first time i'm excited i can't wait oh yeah
1: Yeah, good, good. I'm, I should, I'm teaching you something. I'm Come on, you
0: something.
1: all day long, Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me go here because you know drums are drums are uh, a little long way to do so I'm gonna start a little later because you know them drummers be doing stuff because because it's kind of a ja- it's kind of <laughs> Jack's group yeah. a little bit, yeah. you know, the tree beyond, you know, is a little bit, but <laughs> no, John is, you know, I, just, I uh, that's a whole nother thing. So, but Jack is just going nuts on this. And I love it. (laughs) I love it. Check it out. it keeps on going <laughs> oh, <this shit. laughs> yeah. all
0: right I've, I gotta, i'm finding that now i'm good <laughs> let's pause oh. the episode i'm gonna go look this up i'll be Jeez. right
1: <laughs> oh man wow it's it's a beautiful record actually i mean that that's one of the the high intensity songs but they have some beautiful songs on there just like mellow stuff too it's it's wow wow, wow those <laughs> that,
0: treatment, high that, treatment of the, that the way they did the melody that's just explosive man i'm just like where yeah. is this coming
1: from where's this going man i mean i didn't play the beginning because I, you know what might as well you know what just just hear jack in the beginning i wasn't gonna do this but we got to do it anyway Here Here. Go. he's just he's just going nuts just right at the beginning <laughs> It's my band. It's my band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I love it. Oh, and, man. All right. Take it away. Take it away, Bob. Let's move on.
0: <laughs> so good. So good.
1: Well, um, do we have time for one more? Should we do I one? I don't more? know. Do we? I, yeah, to yeah, why not? That's Let's good. do it. Let's
0: go for it. Okay. <laughs> we got another ubiquitous base standard, basis mm-hmm. standards. Now, this one, a lot of... I learned this baseline initially from the real book. I I admit it. I admit it. I initially learned it from the real book, and it mm. wasn't wasn't great. It didn't go over super well. But hey, here we are. <laughs> we learned. Uh,
1: what, what do you I, mean I, it I, didn't go over super well? I'm I'm curious.
0: I, I ended up so I learned it from the real book, and I'm talking about like if I was like 16 or 17, something like uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. And it's it's it, it was it was written out a little bit different than that yes. you know, than the it way that it's actually wrong, done. Yeah. And baseline. I yes. and I was very lucky to be adopted, you know, to, to, to get asked to play by uh, a great tenor sax player in the, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area named Marshall Ivory. And mm-hmm. I remember playing with him being asked to come play. And he was like, do you know, let's do Night in Tunisia. And I started up the bass line and he stopped me on stage. He was like, <laughs> then he played the bass line for me. And then luckily I was able to hear it. It wasn't a major correction, you know, but it was a, a much needed correction. But it was, just,
1: it was it the, was on the D, right? It was, you probably played the E flat, and then it was a do-ba-do-da-da, right? Yes, Am yes. I wrong?
0: I think I was playing it. I'm just going to grab the bass real quick. I Go think ahead. I was playing it at the time, and I'm just trying to recollect, but more like this, actually. Oh, it was wow. A instead of... Or something
1: when like you get... uh, okay i think i think what I, I think i was playing it wrong you know also but i think i had the first part right and the, the second uh, that you know um that uh major six i don't oh, know i think i think i was doing i think monitor. i was playing the same thing yeah. That I'll play an E flat in D. You know what I mean? Oh like I going I, to, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that minor <laughs>
0: that minor six type of sound. Yeah. yeah. Totally. But I don't. It, you know it goes mm-hmm. by kind of quick. Let's listen. Yes. You know, it's it, for, for young ears, that's not a distinction that maybe you would hear. So right. I was like, there's no, you know, I had heard it. I'd heard a recording and I was like, it sounds pretty right. close. Right, it right.
1: right. Anyway, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it doesn't, cut, it doesn't cut it today. It doesn't cut no. it anymore. No, so, no. I don't know.
1: Upright Citizens, people no not on Upright Citizens.
0: Very high standards here. All right, go ahead. (laughs) So we're talking about a night in Tunisia, right? If I didn't say that already, we're talking about night in Tunisia. It starts Mm -hmm. typically with the bass line, similar to what I just uh, butchered on the bass when I was just pulling it over here. But I've got some choice cuts of a night in Tunisia. We're not going to go initially to uh, you know some of the older like versions. It's a Dizzy Gillespie composition, okay? And so he was initially playing this with uh, with Bird. You know, it's ubiquitous. His break, Charlie Parker's break on like the original cut of this is like epic, and every alto player tries to go learn that, right? But that's another episode. Uh, I wanted to start with the man Charles Mingus mm-hmm. playing at this is from uh, the quintet live at Massey Hall where we were listening to the uh the So What Impressions version with uh, Herbie and Michael Brecker. But this is 1953. Okay. So we're talking about, you know, like early, early on. This is the quintet live at Massey Hall and what that means with this album if you don't know it already and highly recommended because it it's Charlie Parker uh Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie, uh Bud Powell. Max Roach and Charles Mingus. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ever wanted to bring up a super group, talk about that. So, live at Massey Hall, 1953. Let's listen to A Night in Tunisia.
1: Here it comes. And I would like to play C'est Soir en Tunis, mm-hmm. A Night in Tunisia.
0: Dizzy. Get it. Mm-hmm. Once again, I apologize deeply for turning that down. But for the sake of time, for our episode today, mm-hmm. I had a couple questions. A night in Tunisia. Obviously, we're hearing Charles Mingus play that baseline. <laughs> and it sounds like he's it sounds like Mingus. It sounds like he's fighting, you know, like he's fighting uh, with Max Roach a little bit. Perhaps I heard mm-hmm. a little bit of swing in the in the line. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it sounds yes. like he's swinging it and not mm-hmm. playing it completely mm-hmm. straight, right. uh, which. Is neither good nor bad. It's just things that I notice. Um, and then, you know, when we so to so typically the tune starts off with that bass line. You right. keep that bass line happening for the for the for the A section for the melody, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. typically swing for the bridge. Then you go back to that that Afro-Cuban Latin vibe for the last A section, and then right. there's that interlude, right? Uh-huh. <sing> That's all I will saying of that and Mingus straight walked through all of that, which is yeah, something like that, that I don't hear very often. Right,
1: right, 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 like, you right.
0: You don't hear cats doing it. It's usually a pedal like on two and four, not a pedal, but it's usually mm-hmm. like a two and four type of thing. And then it goes right into swing when he's, when the solo starts up. So I hear something like that. That's a thing. If you're talking about playing this tune on a jam session, you don't have to go back to Latin mm-hmm. for, the, for the top of the tune for the solos. Do you know what I mean? No. I'll hear no. that sometimes people indecisive. They're like, oh, I need to play the solo section like I played the melody. Mm. All that being said, what what do you think, Ruben?
1: I, I think it's. Uh, wait, this is something we always <laughs> say in all of our it's it's situation. It's situation, <laughs> it's yeah, of just course. Being, uh, <laughs> you know, depends on what happens with the um, uh, with the drummer. You know, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, you have you just on the same page. you sit on the same page, but as long as it makes the music whole and whatever mm-hmm. happens. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. I, I'm trying to remember I actually I haven't played this tune in so long no I just I mean I was like I was just thinking while I was listening I was like what was the last time I played this throwback <laughs> <laughs> throwback oh my gosh it's great though it's all situational you know um,
0: absolutely absolutely so I wanted to bring up another one I'm just going to kind of run through the last two cuts that I've got for A night in Tunisia pretty quick the next one comes from just an amazing album uh one of I really like this album a lot. It's Dexter Gordon's Our Man in Paris, Mm. Uh, 1963. So this is, again, this is 10 years later than the cut that we just heard. Uh, Night in Tunisia has become, you you know, like a standard ubiquitous. But this is, uh, help me out. I don't know if I've heard this name out loud. Pierre Michelot. Michel-
1: I think it's uh, Michelet, but, but yeah, Michelet. I could, I, I think I've heard it both, but I think I've heard Michelet, you know, but oh, Michelet. Yeah. As I said, I don't want the French police to get me just like the Portuguese really please get all us, on you, Ruben. You're, you're taking the scene. ball. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. OS, you might actually in the lawsuits coming and stuff. Anyway, here we are. But, uh, you know? but
0: on the album too is, is the great Bud Powell, who we just heard on some of the live at Massey hall and then Kenny Clark. We've got clue playing drums. And I love the sound. We'll hear this bass intro, and I'll just I'll just let it play a little bit. But yeah. I love Pierre's sound so much on this album.
1: Pierre is one of the most I think one of the most unsung bassists mm. of especially of that era. I mean, he 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 you know played it so much so much so many of the uh, the American musicians used to come over and use him you know uh, in Europe. Uh, but you know he's has such powers on the instrument. No. Mm. Wait. Well, yeah. let's,
0: let's. No. 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 Yeah. Let's hear him. Here it goes. Fat. Just a taste. And I know y'all want to hear more of that. So go check out our man in Paris. Please. Tonight, Tunisia.
1: So fabulous recording. Ooh. Yes. You know, fabulous I, I was, recording.
0: I was just sitting here and the thought came to mind. I was like, man, what would it have been like to play in this rhythm section? To play in this band with Kenny Clark and Bob Powell. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Could you imagine? Oh. So it's mean, <laughs> something, something else, lucky Pierre. Lucky yes, Pierre, brother. Yes, yep. yes, indeed. All right, mm-hmm. for the last one, I've got a special treat. So then mm-hmm. we're gonna get out of the jazz realm just a little bit, yeah, but it's yeah. still it's a it's still all music, right? So, uh, <laughs> this is a great a, a great recording by the incredible Chaka Khan from the album What you Gonna Do for Me, 1980, and uh, this is this is her version. Uh, she calls it and or it's titled and the melody still lingers lingers on. Um, but it's also it's obviously a night in Tunisia and it's super hip. You maybe you can help me with the pronunciation of this too. Abraham Laboreal. Yeah. Is Abraham that correct?
1: Robert- Laboreal, yeah. Laboreal,
0: mm. brilliant, brilliant bass player. Yes. Herbie's on this album. Giz- Dizzy Gillespie plays on this, too. Oh, does he? Oh, and, okay. oh yeah. And uh, this cat, I had to look him up. David Foster on mm. the synth playing some bass synth, bass synth lines that are just like totally ridiculous so i'm gonna let this play again not all of it but if you want to hear the whole cut check out the playlist and yes, please here it goes. so here's chaka khan's a night in tunisia and maybe we'll just end the episode with this when we fade yeah
1: yeah i want to i want to give you up before you do that actually yes yeah. i don't want to talk after this because this is gonna be beautiful i know right like. <laughs> <laughs> there the the beauty of us uh doing these podcasts is a lot we we, we kind of you know talk you know gather some things Yeah, oh, we're gonna do this Bob. but a lot of the music that we we play i'm hearing it the first time bob is hearing it for the first time yeah and that, that that's lovely you know what i, I love mean it. yeah so but in the uh in the spirit of getting some facts together it's funny going back to the first track with 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 massey hall okay I didn't remember. There were some facts behind that recording that I was like, wait, didn't something there wasn't there some kind of interesting that went on? And I while we while you were playing some of it, I went back to be like, before I spew something up Upright Citizens that I'm as false, I have to go <laughs> back and um, and look at it. Um, and let me what'd you say? My curiosity is peaked. What you got, Ruben? So I was right about what I thought and i'm going to just read something about it <laughs> uh this is wikipedia uh the, the record was originally issued in 1953 on mingus label debut on mingus's label that's so hip debut yeah. right but check this out from a recording uh and it was from a recording made by the toronto new jazz society right mm-hmm. but there's a but see you know when 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 a leader Sorry, when a leader or a, a record label, you know, owner, or whatever has, has a, what you call it, the, the rights or the, you know, can manage,
0: uh huh, yeah, can
1: control, yeah, yeah, has the control of the masters. Mingus took the recording to New York, where he and Max Roach dubbed in the bass lines, no, which were under-recorded on most of the tunes. In exchange, to make a soloing on all things you are, so.
0: What? Oh, that explains the beginning of that thing. Exactly. You, kind of, you can hear kind of the bass line and then it boosts up. So he exactly. overdubbed himself.
1: You can hear like the time is just a little bit mm-hmm. off at times and that the bass seems so, so loud compared yes. to the other instruments. <laughs> oh, nice. I had <laughs> so, no idea. Yeah. And, um it, it, but then, you know, that later on crazy. it said in, in a 2002 reissue of the, the complete jazz at Massey Hall, um, they. um they uh, released it without the overdubs oh, So you prepare, okay. so, the, so you can hear both Obviously you won't be able to hear the, the rhythm section as loud Because it was, you know So that's a little trivia on that Because it's funny, I was like There's something to this record There's some, you know Something that I'm trying to remember now, but I couldn't remember what it was. So, because I was like, "There's something off with that," I knew there's sounded a reason. Like that at the beginning, there's a like, reason. Okay, the
0: guy just bumped the level or whatever, you know?
1: No, no. And oh. I remember going, you know, many years ago knowing this, and I had to just refresh memory. Sorry, sorry, that I had
0: to. to that's to. that's crucial though. That's a that's a big thing. Give it up <laughs> for, for Charles Mingus running his own label. I mean, DIY <laughs> back in 1950. You know exactly. Died. How hip is that? The mid
1: fifties you know. that actually they could even pull that off. Tell you the truth, you That's could crazy. barely do that now in two thousand twenty-one, and 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 it sounds decent. Yeah. Mingus. <laughs>
0: mingus, 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 mingus.
1: Anyway, let's get to let's get to some chaka man. <laughs> Night in Tunisia, people. Oh yeah,
0: here we go. All right. It's dizzy.
2: And Bird gave us this song They called it a night in Tunisia And the melody still lingers on
0: It doesn't. That's halfway through. It's so
1: beautiful. Oh gosh, that's killing. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I have heard that before, but that that's talk about fresh air. Is wow, jeez, yes. wow. I yeah, I don't remember that solo. That's for sure. Oh my god. Yes, incredible. Ooh. Yes. Yeah.
0: Later on, they 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 rip birds solo too from that recording I was talking yeah. about. You know, uh, and they and they put and they orchestrate that. Oh, it's incredible. Wow, that that should be the new standard, though.
1: Mm. Hello, hello, Mm -hmm. hell, man. Thanks for that, Bob. (laughs) Thank, thank you for another podcast. Thank you, Ruben, and and thank you, our listening audience, for joining us. This we this was a long one, and you made it to the if you made it to the end, that means you 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 dig in this this stuff that we're doing. Continue to support the podcast and support all the other things we do at Open Studio, and uh, we'll have more for you in the future.
0: Let your friends know. Share it. Peace, Ruben. So good to see you. Bye,
1: man. Peace. Okay.